But amidst the intrigue of mysterious stars and biblical prophecies and warnings from a dream, there are a couple, or many, but a couple of clear epiphany truths that I just want to remind us of and hold on to today and proclaim for us today. One is this, that God is at work in this world in ways that are seen and unseen, lovingly inviting all people to faith in Jesus. God is at work in this world in ways that are seen and unseen, lovingly inviting all people to faith in his son Jesus. The Magi come onto the scene as seemingly good people. I mean, we like them, right, for the most part. We, we read about them. They're inquisitive. They're, they're impressive. They're, they're, they're generous, as it turns out. They appear to be following the light that they have, and that's very appealing to us because that's what we do is they come to honor the king. They strike us as humble and generous, if, if, if not actually wise. I mean, they did tell King Herod that they were there looking for another king. So I'm not quite sure what we want to uh, say about their, their, smart, their, their, their common sense, but they were, they, were, they were wise in other ways. And yet we must not miss the fact that these men were also very much outsiders. They were outsiders in, in race, as we've already mentioned. They are non-Jews. They are Gentiles. They are com- from, coming from the east, far away. They are outside of the chosen people of God, outsiders in their ethnicity, their nationality. And they were outsiders in terms of their profession, uh, for sure. They, they were magi, from which we get our word magician. They were astrologers. Astronomy and astrology kind of went together back in those days, and they were looking for messages that would direct life from the movements of the stars. And for the people in Israel, uh, Gentiles themselves were enemies and adversaries, and astrologers, in addition, were idolaters, people who looked to other created things rather than to the creator for guidance. And it would have seemed, though we receive them and welcome them and are taken by them, it would seem, if you really think about it, that these would be some of the least likely guests to be invited to Jesus' birthday party, <laughs> to be invited to this party at all. But whatever one thinks of the Magi, whether sincere and obedient or idolatrous and evil, <laughs> One thing is clear, God in his great kindness leads them to his son. Those who would have been considered most unworthy, as impressive as they appear by earthly standards, are called to Jesus. They are examples of God's expansive grace the reach of God's grace, and examples of his expanding mission. His grace is expansive, and his mission is expanding. It's important for us to realize that the Magi are not just characters in this story, but they're representatives of all who might come to Jesus. Epiphany, truth, this one is the reality 
that the good news of Jesus is for the whole world. No one is left out. God is for us, as in all of us, and not against us. As we sang in that song this morning, the story tells us as well that he will use any means at his disposal to draw every person to himself. For the Magi, first it was a star. We don't know if it was an actual star or if it was a miraculous star. God used a pillar of cloud and a fire to guide the Israelites by day and by night as he brought them to the promised land. God could just use his creation in whatever ways he wants to guide people. And he's done it for centuries. He did it here, and he still does it today. There was a prophetic word of God from the scriptures and their obedience that led these wise men to Bethlehem. And finally, it was the warning of a dream, perhaps the promptings of the Holy Spirit, we might think, that moved them to return to their homeland a different way instead of reporting back to Herod. God was there. God was there every step, giving grace, guiding even these outsiders to a discovery of Christ's presence and to an awareness of his identity. God is still here. God is still at work in ways that are seen and unseen, lovingly inviting people to faith in his son, Jesus. Many of us have watched, we could even speak today of the experiences of our lives, of, of, of conversations that we've had, of interactions that we've had with people, of of relationships that have been built, of circumstances, both positive and negative, that we've found ourselves in, of, of, of arrangements that have come into our lives one way or another that have been used, perhaps even things that we have seen in the natural world that have been used to help guide us and bring us closer to God. We've experienced ourselves, the Bible, coming alive to us. I, I hope and pray that, that many of us in this place today have, in reading the scriptures, been awakened to the love of Jesus, to the, to the grace of God and to the depth of his forgiveness for us, the story of his mercy and his, his love, the, the plans and purposes of God that he has for us. Hopefully all of us have sensed the spirit of God prompting and guiding us, correcting us, helping us every step of the way. This is the business that God is in. These are the stories that we read all the time. I Googled this week stories of people far away finding God. I don't think it was that exact phrase. Maybe it was something like that. And the stories came up countless in number of people far from God. People so much on the outside, but those who had been reached by the expansive and expanding grace of God. Remember, it wasn't the biblical scholars who, upon discovering where the Messiah was to be born, left at once for that place. Did you notice that? It's in Bethlehem, they told Herod. Let's get up and go. No, they didn't say that. It was in Bethlehem, and they just stayed where they were. It was the wise men who heard and responded. It was the outsiders, the pagans, the one 
supposedly far off from God that were responding in faith. The Magi remind us that not a one remains outside the reach of this Jesus who's come to be with us. A second truth is simply this. We dare not miss it. Story is simply a reminder that, that God fills the faithful with great joy. I, you know, our kids are getting older, and so we don't quite have the same scene as we had when they were little on Christmas morning. Maybe that's because the gifts aren't as good, to be honest, as they get older. Uh, but but there, there was something, and there is something for those of you who have little kids in your household on Christmas morning, and the excitement of that, what that day brings, the cookies that have been eaten, the milk that has been drunk, and the gifts that have been left under the tree, perhaps, and the, 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 the bubbling sensation that you sense in these kids that are around us in those moments. Well, that kind of joy doesn't even compare to that which the Magi experienced. It was these who responded to the guidance of God's star. It was these who responded to the message of God's word. It was these who responded to the promptings of God's spirit who were rewarded with a sense of great joy as they came to the house where Jesus was. And to this point, I don't know about you, but I hadn't gotten in the sense any indicator that these were highly emotional people. I hadn't gotten any real, in my mind, pretty stoic, pretty, you know, magisterial, if that's the word, just just majestic, pretty, pretty important, reserved kinds of folks. And again, maybe that's just me reading into the, the, the essence of this story. But, but I haven't really seen a lot of indicator that there's a star, let's follow it. There's, it brought us to Jerusalem. King Herod, where's the newborn king? We'd like to know. Uh, he's in Bethlehem. Go and find out and come back and make a report. Okay, we will. It's just follow, be guided, be led, follow. Not a whole lot of excitement building even that I sense. Not a lot of anticipation within these wise men until the moment they see the star over the house where this king was. And we're told that they're filled with joy. And, and I think the wording is very intentional there because it's not a sense of joy that I sense they're kind of welling up within themselves. I don't think they looked at each other and said, all right, there's a star, it's time to be joyful, get ready. You do it, then I will, and then we all will. It wasn't like gritting their teeth to be joyful, it was this sense of, of being overwhelmed by the joy they were experiencing as they came into the presence of this Jesus, this one who was being revealed to them in majesty and in love. Maybe even as they came to this place, they were weary from charting their course, frustrated by Herod's red tape, happy to be finally making it to their destination, but perhaps secretly wondering if the trip would be worth it all, all the expense, all the time, all the danger, all the sacrifice. But as they saw the star, they're filled with joy. And into the house they come, bursting, bowing down in worship and in adoration, falling on their knees, opening their treasure chests to give this king their all. This is what joy looks like. 
worship, adoration, the offering of our very, very best. God will guide us to Jesus. We said this last week in the covenant service about what Jesus will do for us and guide us to God. Jesus will lead us to the Father, and the Father, in what we celebrate at Epiphany, leads us to the Son, leads us to himself through the revelation of his Son. God will guide us to Jesus. He'll help us to find him. He'll help us to worship him. God will guide us to a growing experience in the days to come of the love of Jesus, of the forgiveness of Jesus, of his presence, of his power, if we will seek after him. He will grant to us as well this same sense of joy. Guys, we can trust in the new year to come. We can trust in our own lives that as we are faithful to him, that God will lead us and that he will bring us a sense of joy. I don't know what your circumstances are today. I don't know what it is that you're trying to see your way through to in this moment today. But I can assure you that the joy of the Lord that the Magi experienced that day is real and it's true and it's available for all who would put their faith in him. We can trust that for our own lives and we can trust that for the world. We can trust that God will be leading others who seem so far away from his presence even in this moment, loved ones of ours, ones we care deeply about. And you hear me say this quite often because it's something that I so firmly believe in, the provenient grace of God that goes before anything we could ever do or anyone could ever do is reaching into the world even now, softening and wooing and leading the hearts of those who are outsiders to him. He longs nothing more than to bring the joy of the Lord to their hearts and lives as well. It's interesting that in the in response to the invitation, the Magi seek him. God's invitation is wide. It's far-reaching. And when it is received, the Magi respond by seeking after him. It's interesting that, that in response to the joy that God fills their hearts with, that their response is that of giving of themselves. Seeking and giving. And my invitation to us today is as we step into this new season, more and more aware of the presence of Jesus, as we step into this new year, that we too would be ones who are so grateful for the invitation that we have received that we would not stop seeking after this one who is making himself available and evident to us. Pay attention. Let's be people who are paying attention to the conversations and to the interactions, to the things that we're seeing in the world around us and the ways that God might be wanting to speak to us through those moments of interaction, those circumstances that we find ourselves in. Let's be people who are attentive as we open God's word to hear the words that he would have to speak to us straight from his mouth, straight from the writers who have so powerfully and beautifully given to us the inspired words of God. Let us be attentive to them and respond in obedience. Let us be people in these days who are 
who are giving space in our hearts for the promptings of the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but I want to be somebody who is, whose spirit is soft to the promptings of the Spirit. I don't want to be one who misses those promptings, who when they come, I kind of slough them off as just something else or miss them completely. May we be people who in response to this invitation are seeking him with our whole hearts. And may we be people who in response to the great joy that God is making available and abundant in our lives, may we be people who in response just give him all of that we have and all of that we are. All our very best gifts, all of our worship, not just, not just entranced by the good music, but offering of our lives in, in singing, offering of our lives in living, offering of our lives in our families, in our workplaces, everywhere we are, giving our best in that place for God. The joy that he gives us calls us and invites us to this hope. Today, we get to come and receive the Lord's Supper. And it's in this moment where I hope, in a very evident and, and revelatory way, Jesus would make himself known to you. That, that's really our hope every time we come to the, to the table of the Lord, that we would have a fresh awareness of the presence of Jesus among us. And my hope is that as we come, especially during this season and on this day of epiphany, that Jesus would make himself known to you, that he would, that wherever you find yourself today, that you would feel the reach of his loving arms around you, and that you would feel the, the joy of his heart filling your own heart. In fact, today, I'm just going to kind of lay it down. I haven't done this for a while. I'm just going to lay it down right now, that as you come to receive the elements of the Lord's Supper you, you have to smile, okay? That's just, that's just the rule I'm going to make, all right? It, it's a serious moment. It's a very significant moment. It's not necessarily a somber moment. And today as we come, may we experience the grace of the Lord Jesus wrapping itself around us, and may we experience the joy of the Lord Jesus filling our hearts as we celebrate all that God has done for us in him, this one who has given fully of himself, and may we commit ourselves in new ways to seek after him in 2019. May we commit ourselves in new ways to, ki- to give of our very best material and immaterial uh, items that belong to us, supposedly, that really belong to him. May we give of ourselves fully to him in return. I'm going to invite our worship team to come. And just if you'll just be right here, worship team, I'd love to serve you first here. And then... Our servers as well serve you first, and then we'll sing. But let's bow our heads together. God, thank you so much for the reminders of of this truth that you have revealed yourself in Jesus in ways that are beautiful and powerful and life-giving. Thank you for the example of the Magi who remind us of the expanse of your grace and the the expanding of your mission, a mission that, that includes us, even us those perhaps who have felt far, far from you, those who have felt ourselves to be as outsiders looking in, you have expanded the reach of your grace to even us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that we can come now and respond in humility and with gratitude. Thank you for this meal that reminds us of the love and sacrifice 
of Jesus on our behalf, of his body that was broken, of his blood that was shed. And may these elements, this bread and this juice, be so powerfully and beautifully the the, the, the representation physically of a spiritual reality of your grace that is being poured out to us. And as we receive these elements with great gratitude and with great joy today, may we, may we in response commit ourselves to seek you fully and may we commit ourselves to give of ourselves to you without reservation. We love you and we praise you and we pray this in Jesus' name.